These are the facts. And no serious historian would doubt these facts. That 2,000 years ago, in a little town called Bethlehem, a baby was born to his parents, Mary and Joseph, who named him Jesus. Why, it's the Christmas story. And it is history. And yet there is more. For we could speak of the subsequent events which the New Testament records. That Jesus grew to be a man. That age 30, he embarked on a remarkable public ministry. But that his life was cut short when he was crucified and nailed to a cross just outside the city of Jerusalem, aged 33 years of age. Yes, these are the facts. And therefore, the Christmas story does not emerge from some foggy mythology. It is based upon solid reality and history. And yet, and yet, Perhaps you've been sitting over these past few weeks or you've come fresh tonight and a question remains in your mind. A simple but significant question. And the question is this. So what? So what? Even if this is true, is it relevant to my life in 2006? Or put another way, Is his story just history? Is it like the fact I heard the other day on the radio that in the last 100 years, did you know, Britain has enjoyed only six white Christmases? So don't get your hopes up too much. You know, I thought to myself, that might be true, but except if it comes up in the Christmas board game on Monday evening... It is completely irrelevant to the rest of my life. Is Christmas, the Christmas story, that kind of fact? Well, I want to submit to you this evening that though the Christmas story is history, it is more than mere history. That Jesus' birth, Jesus' life, and Jesus' death, and what the Bible also affirms, Jesus' resurrection... These facts are more than historical data. They have implications for the lives of each and every individual in this room this evening. And if you wonder, how on earth could this be? Then tune in for the next couple of minutes. And listen to what a man named Paul wrote about the relevance of Christmas. Here's what he said. This is in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Now, notice firstly, notice firstly what Paul assumes. He assumes that the Christmas story is history. As we've been saying, because he doesn't simply say, God sent his son into the world. Which someone might interpret as some sort of mystical figure of speech. With no reality behind it. 
No, he says, when the time, when the time had fully come, God sent his son. He says there was this reality that Jesus came into time. There was a time before he came. There was a time when he came. And now, Paul's looking back in the event. And he's reflecting on its significance. See, it's history. But, it's more. Because Paul goes on to explain that the Christmas story is also relevant to each of us in at least two ways. Here's the first reason. Reason number one. Because Christmas means freedom. Christmas means freedom. Just the other day I was uh, reading the new biography by Peter Kay. If you don't know, Peter Kay is a popular uh, comedian in the United Kingdom. And he was actually, I didn't know this, he was brought up going to church for a number of years. And so in the book, he spends about two years, uh, two pages, talking about the significance of Jesus. And it's fairly typical stuff for our society. Because uh, he says... Jesus was basically the epitome of a nice guy. He had good morals, outstanding morals, and he had some very helpful teaching. Indeed, Peter Kay says, I try to live with the same sorts of ideals as Jesus. But he added, Jesus is not anything more than that. But you know, this is not what the Bible teaches. What Paul teaches here, that Jesus came to redeem To free people who are captives. You see, Jesus didn't come all the way from heaven to earth to simply teach us things. It's a long way for a lecture. He didn't merely come to set us some moral example, just to be a big brother figure. He came to loosen chains and to release captives. That's why he came. Indeed, this is what Jesus said as the reason for his own mission. He said at the beginning of his ministry, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release for the captives, and recovery of sight for the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He came to the people of his day, and he comes to us today, tonight, and he offers freedom. Ironically, he offers the very thing for which our society craves. Never before has a society demanded freedom like ours does. We want maximum freedom in communication with the internet and mobile phones. Freedom within relationships. No ties. Freedom in consumer choice, although that becomes problematic at Christmas. We can't decide what to pick. Freedom in employment. Freedom in travel. And and so on, the list goes. Not that these are bad things necessarily. But Paul says a very interesting, very challenging thing. If you're here tonight and you think, I'm basically a free person. He says, without Jesus, you're not. You may feel free, but you're not free at the most fundamental level. He says, spiritually speaking, we are all slaves to God's law and we are people who need redeemed, we need freed. God sent a son born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law. 
Now, of course, Paul is speaking about God's law here. He's not speaking about the laws of our land, but God's perfect standards about how we are to live. And Paul is saying that none of us meet those perfect ideals. And therefore, we are prisoners in this life and in the next life to the consequences of failing to meet God's law. You see, if you're on the right side of the law, it's not a problem. The law's a good thing. It ensures that perpetrators of crime receive the due punishment. But the problem comes when you yourself step onto the wrong side of the law. You become a prisoner of the law. You face the consequences. Your wrists in handcuffs. Your body, perhaps, thrown into a confined cell. And so it is, spiritually speaking, that since we have turned our back on God, we are, spiritually speaking, slaves. Slaves to purposeless lives, to selfish desires, to frustration and despair, and worst of all, slaves to an eternity without a relationship with God, which we were intended to have. And you see, this is the good news of Christmas. This is why Jesus came into the world, to bring freedom. The word here is redemption. It was a word used of the slaves. About a third of the Roman population at this time were slaves. And you could be taken down to the slave market and someone could pay a price that would redeem you, that would buy you out, free you from slavery. And Paul says, Jesus came into the world. He was born as a baby. He grew up to be a man. He went to a cross and he died to pay that price for you. That's what it was all about, from the crib to the cross. His life and his death were about liberation. I was thinking, you know, our calendar system is divided into two halves. B.C., before Christ, and A.D., Anno Domini, the year of our Lord, after Jesus' coming. Here's another way to think about it. That B.C., before Christ, came... People were forced to live in captivity. All of us, slaves to the consequences of our life without God. But thank God for A.D. Because after Christ, after he came into the world, deliverance and freedom was possible. That's the first thing. Christmas isn't history because it means freedom today. Secondly, Christmas also can mean family. Uh, Back in the 70s, some of you remember back that far, and you maybe bought the single, Sting released a hit track called Message in a Bottle. It was successful again when it was released 20 years later. didn't lose its appeal. And you know the theme of the song, don't you? The man, he's alone on a desert island, and he's convinced that he's the loneliest, most isolated person in the world. And so attempting to make contact with others, he sends out this little message in a bottle. And you remember the punchline. No reply comes. Only other, millions of other, similar messages from isolated, lonely people calling for help. You know, Sting had his finger on the pulse of an increasingly isolated society. A society where for most of us, I suspect, Family life, to some degree, is breaking down. It's not what it should be. 
And yet there is a message of hope this Christmas. That God sent his son into the world. Not only to free you from slavery, but to invite you in to his family and his household. God sent his son, the full verse reads, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Now, just picture this in Paul's world. Remember again, the image is of a slave. And just imagine, just imagine that you had been born into slavery, that you knew nothing else but captivity, perhaps to a very cruel and unloving taskmaster. And then one day, a kind and generous person, at great cost, pays the price to set you free. How would you feel? What an amazing, wonderful feeling. But of course, you don't have anything. Because you're a slave. You don't have any property. You don't have any money in the bank. You're out there on the street. But then imagine he says this to you. You know, come join us. You don't have a home of your own. Come to my home. In fact, be part of the family. And I will adopt you in as my son or as my daughter. I'll be your father. And there are all these other people who I have adopted into the family too. They'll be your brothers and sisters. How would you feel going all the way from being a slave to being a son? And you know, whatever your family situation this evening, physically, that can be your experience tonight. God can become your heavenly father. The perfect father. Perhaps the father that you've never had. Or if you have a good father, he can be everything that your father is to you and ten times, ten times, ten more. Because he's the perfect father. He's God. And it gets better because you become part of this household, what the Bible calls the church. It's not a place where people gather. It's the people who gather in the place who are part of the family. And you know, if you've never had that experience of being part of that family, you're missing out. Early this year, a popular band called The Streets, some of the young people will know who they are, released a, a single called Never Go to Church. It was a very heartfelt, sad song really. The singer was speaking in the song of the passing of his father. And the reality of living his life now without his own dad. And he reflects on the fact, in his loneliness, that church has not been the answer for him. We never went to church. Just get on with work and sometimes things will hurt. But it's hit me since you left us and it's so hard not to search. How often it is that we start the search for our spiritual family when we see the frailty and even the failure of our physical family. And he also says in the song, I never cared about God when life was sailing in the camp. So I said I'd get my head down and I'd deal with the ache in my heart. I wonder tonight whether you're searching. You're searching for a life of true freedom and you're searching for a family that lasts, that is permanent. You know, you come into that family not by 
attending church, first and foremost on a Sunday morning. You enter that family by coming to Jesus Christ. By turning away from your life of rebellion against God and trusting in all that He is for you. And all that He came to do. You know, for some people who have never heard this message before, maybe you've never heard this news. It's quite a lot to process. We have a a course that begins at the start of next month called Christianity Explored. It's a 10-week course. There's a talk, there's a chance to ask questions and discuss who Jesus is and why he came. You might want to come along to that. There's leaflets on the stairs. You'd be most welcome to do that. We also have this book called The Case for Christmas. I think it's just a couple of pounds. You can buy them down in the lounge. A lot of people have found these helpful. But continue your search. Because we began by asking this question, is his story just history? We've seen, I hope, at least in part, that the Christmas story is not just true, it's relevant. It can mean freedom and family for each person here. And the question, therefore, that I want to leave you with tonight is simply this. Think about this. As you leave this place tonight, do you leave as a slave or as a son? You see, there's only one way that the Christmas story can remain mere history. If you ignore it, deny it, and refuse to accept it. Tonight, each one of us needs to accept God's provision. We need to understand that our good works, our best morals aren't good enough. Only Jesus is good enough. Trust Christ this Christmas. That is life, death, and resurrection are enough to redeem you. And come to your heavenly Father for the first time. Let's pray.